Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with the beginning of chapter 4. In the final three chapters of Ephesians, we're going to see what to do in light of all that God has done for us in Christ. This next passage has unity as its theme. This biblical unity is not an external thing, nor it is something mechanical. It is internal and organic. It is supernatural. It cannot be superimposed on people apart from the life of Christ. It springs from the power of Christ indwelling each believer. It is a spirit-controlled and spirit-produced unity, which is rooted in truth. Unity is a popular word, but there are many wrong ideas attached to the word. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he presents today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 1. God called you. Very significant. It's not talking about walking in a manner in order to become worthy to be called. It means you have been called, and now that you've accepted the call, you need to live in such a way that gives equal weight to your position in Christ and your living according to who He is. You need to live up to who you are. This is why doctrine always has to come before exhortation. How can you possibly live up to what you don't know? How can you use resources that you don't understand? Again, if you'll let me make a comparison between Ephesians and Romans, you might think the same guy wrote them both the way he structured them. Um, Romans 11, uh, 1 through 11, and therefore do this. And then you get to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You do this by the transformation of your mind, the renewing of your mind. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Fill your mind with the first 11 chapters, and now time to, time to put on your big boy pants, grow up, and live the way you're supposed to. Same thing with Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, and then chapters 4 through 6. And this is a very important issue, and it's where a lot of Christian teaching goes wrong. A lot of people like to teach the shoulds and the oughts and the shouts without teaching who you are in Christ. And that's always problematical because people get frustrated trying to live up to something, but they don't know what it is that they need to live up to or how to live up to it. If you exhort without building people up, it's, it's deadly. It produces Christians who are like children who've been yelled at but never instructed. And you've seen kids like that. You might have grown up in a situation like that. You know how horribly frustrating that is. Trying to make application without doctrinal foundation does several destructive things. 
For one, it produces guilt-ridden, ineffective, ignorant Christians, or worse yet, people who've been told they're Christians when they really don't even know the gospel. They can't produce spiritually because they have no concept of their resources and they're spiritually malnourished. There are some absolutely heartbreaking statistics these days of surveys among evangelicals. The root of the word evangelical is evangel, euangelion, the good news, the gospel. An evangelical should be a person who knows, loves, lives by, and preaches the gospel. And the vast majority of people who are fine with wearing the label evangelical, you ask them what the gospel is, and they can't explain it. What is the gospel? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus because Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. And and you can't be a Christian without believing that. So if you have a bunch of people that say, I'm a gospel kind of person, and I don't really know what the gospel is, what do you have? You have a beautiful product of the work of Satan, the ultimate counterfeiter, the ultimate deceiver. And if you try to make application without uh, foundation, it can also cause people to become very experience-oriented and subjective instead of Scripture-oriented and objective. You know, you, you can be faithful to truth. You can stand on the truth, but not it doesn't work that way with experiences. You're going to see in Ephesians, this, Ephesians 4 through 6, this, this, this twofold truth. He's going to tell you, walk, keep this way, keep walking this way, always walk this way. And you're going to get to chapter 6, he's going to say, stand. Well, Paul, what do you want? You want me to stand or you want me to walk? Come on, get with it here. Well, when you're being assaulted, stand your ground. Stand in the truth. And if you're not being assaulted or even in the midst of the assault, Walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And if people decide that their standing in Christ is based upon their experiences, oh, are they going to be confused? And I think the the Greek word for that kind of life is yo-yo, up and down and up and down. Seeking application without doctrinal foundation just makes fertile ground for all kinds of things to go wrong. Legalism is one of them. Legalism is where you haven't taught people who they are in Christ and the riches of salvation and and all that we have and the security that we have in Christ and the finished work of Christ. And so you you try to make person behave like a Christian. So you say, well, here are the rules. And always when you start doing that, you get rules that go beyond what the Scriptures say. And you rob people of the ability to think things through. They just say, okay, tell me what to think about this. You can't add or subtract from God's Word. And legalism is a result of not teaching people who they are in Christ. You teach them that they need to act like this in order to try to be good enough for God to like them. It's always deadly. It leads to speculation. Because if people don't know the depths of what God's Word says, they will speculate about it. They'll, they'll well, this, this sounds right to me. Always a... A, a bad thing to do. I always say when we do our question and answer series, our, I call it provoke the pastor, and, and I get questions that sometimes that, well, um, 
why did Jesus say this? Or what was Elijah thinking? Or something like that. If, if the text of the Bible says, well, then we'll find it. But for a, a true Christian, sometimes the answer is, the Bible doesn't say. And that is a perfect answer. Are you willing to believe that God has given to us everything we need for life and godliness? Or are you going to speculate about things? People start speculating, a new denomination is born, a new cult is born, a new book is written, uh, all sorts of things fall apart. And that ultimately leads to heresy, which is just speculation run wild. Remember Paul told Timothy, I left you in Ephesus in order to teach certain men not to teach strange doctrine. That's 1 Timothy 1.3. Look what he said right after that in 1 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. For some men... Straying from these things, these specific things about what it means to be in Christ, some people, uh, some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. That's just all false teaching is. Let's think up something and saddle up our horse and ride off into problem land. I've spent many sad hours, I've had many heartaches trying to help people overcome the, the results of stupid spiritual advice that has been given by people who haven't spent the effort to search out what does God say on this subject? What is the biblical definition of human? What does it mean to be in the image of God? And then we build from there. Uh, the, the point of all this is that our unity cannot be displayed until we start with an understanding of who we are in Christ. And we have a commitment to accurately apply that truth that God has revealed to us in His Word. In other words, as we walk along, the unity becomes evident. Unity is rooted in knowing your Oh, here it is again, your calling, the calling with which you have been called. Unity is part of our calling. Unity is not an option. It's a reality. And by the way, Jesus prayed about this unity and for you and me when it comes to this reality. Remember the night before he went to the cross and the great prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Among that, these verses, starting at John 17, verse 20, Jesus says to the Father, I do not ask on behalf of these alone. The antecedent of these is the 11 remaining disciples, because Judas had already done his evil deed and departed. I do not on be ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. He goes on to say, The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.